Okay, we lost our intro. Let me try it again. Welcome to the Environmental Justice Report. Yes, we have it now. I just love the sound of that. Okay, I'm going to stop it here. Welcome to the Environmental Justice Report with me, your host and producer, Janine Moloch. Well, this week... We have a report here. It just broke um, from The Guardian, which is a a phenomenal newspaper in Great Britain. And uh, the story just broke. I I think it was yesterday. And it has to do with the alleged safety of our drinking water here in the United States. So with no further uh, further ado, I'm going to just get straight into it. Um, I don't need to use any hyperbolic type language because... The evidence in here in this report is just damning enough. So this is water pollution in the USA, contaminated poison is in our water. Um, Just when we thought that those who had been poisoned by toxic water in Flint, Michigan, would finally receive justice, ex-Governor Rick Snyder and some of the emergency managers would finally face criminal prosecution, The Guardian newspaper in Great Britain published the results of a nine-month investigation it conducted in conjunction with Consumer Reports. And this was, this investigation was regarding the safety, the state, what they call the state of water safety in the United States. And what they found was that the entire United States contains what can only be called multiple flints. I kid you not. This sorry state of affairs didn't happen by accident. Okay, it was caused by the callous indifference of corporate chieftains that push for the right to pollute with impunity and not have to clean up, and also the greed of the billionaire class. And we put that in conjunction with the utter lack of any sort of responsibility or integrity by our political class, and we have a formula for this disaster. So now we're a nation of flints in a way, some worse than others. So this was a nine-month investigation, and it was in conjunction with the Guardian newspaper, as I said before, in Great Britain and Consumer Reports. And what they found were alarming levels what they call, of what they called forever, forever chemicals. I'm going to say that again. They found, quote, alarming levels of forever chemicals. And these forever chemicals included arsenic. And if you're going, what? Isn't that poison? Yes, it is. Arsenic and lead. There's no safe amount of lead exposure in the samples in our drinking water taken across the U.S., as well as something called PFAS, which is a chemical compound we find in a lot of our products, including what used to be called Teflon or nonstick cookware, so on and so forth. So the Guardian story begins with uh, basically this, this description of this one family, they're coming in Connecticut, there was a condo, condominium, it had lead in its drinking waters and the levels of lead far more than, they were more than double what the federal government says is acceptable. Now keep in mind, the EPA has been corporate friendly for decades now and has really been defanged. So those levels aren't exactly that protective to start with and that should alert all of us to the dire danger we face and only know because of reporting like this. 
So they also talked about a church in North Carolina. Um, the water had such extremely high levels of potentially toxic PFAS, PFAS chemicals, um, as well. And that's, again, PFAS is a group of compounds. They're in hundreds of household-type products, but no, they're not safe. Uh, they, they used an example, the water that went into a Texas home had both. Uh, it was that high levels of PFAS chemicals, lead, and what they called concerning amounts, whatever that means, of arsenic. So what connects the dots? Well, all three of those instances were among the locations where the water would, had been tested as part of this nine-month investigation that was done uh, in partnership between Consumer Reports and The Guardian. So let's go back now and talk about the, the, the law that's supposed to protect our drinking water, okay? And that was the Clean Water Act of 1972. And the idea was that everybody should have access to safe water. But here in 2021, millions of people we continue to face what the Guardian called serious water quality pro problems. I'm sorry, consumer reports, I stand corrected. And those serious water quality problems were, they found directly caused by the following, contamination of the water supply, deteriorating infrastructure, and inadequate treatment at water plants, okay? So they talked about their test group, okay? They, they, can, they selected 120 people around the United States, but this is from a pool of more than 6,000 volunteers, and they tested for arsenic, lead, PFAS, and other contaminants. And the samples came from water systems that basically, if you put all those, water, all those sources together, those were uh, water um, supplies that basically provide water to more than 19 million people. What they found was a total of 118 of those 120 samples had, again, they said concerning levels of PFAS or arsenic. Um, keep in mind, scientists love subtlety, all right? They want to be exact, it's really concerning. When you hear the word concerning, translate into the word dangerous, okay? And this was above Consumer Reports recommended maximum, and they found detectable amounts of lead. Testing of those samples found more than 35%, I'm just reading straight from it right now, quote, more than 35% of the samples had PFAS, uh, potentially toxic forever chemicals, at levels above Consumer Reports recommended maximum. Quote, about 8% of samples had arsenic at levels above Consumer Reports recommended maximum, and quote, in total 118 out of 120 samples had detectable levels of lead, end quote. You have to understand, there is no such thing as any level of lead, any safe level of lead. It does not exist. The slightest bit is enough. So the authors of the study did admit to some limitations, but they also stated them, all right? Um, among those limitations, they said the quality of the water that's been tested on a single day doesn't necessarily uh, mean that the quality of the water supplied um, it doesn't reflect the quality of the water supplied by the entire system on that day or at other times. So this is just a sampling. Um, but when you do a small sampling like that, nobody can claim you're being biased then. You're just 
it's just luck of the draw. This was a very difficult undertaking. Community water systems were chosen by Consumer Reports statisticians, and that was just, they wanted to find what they called a representative mix of systems across the country. Um, so they were to have a, what they call a unique view into some of the problems in America's drinking water issues. What they found also is that almost every sample tested had measurable levels of PFAS. Okay, now let's talk about PFAS. They're, those chemicals are linked to multiple problems. And according to Consumer Reports, those chemicals are linked to the following, learning delays in children, cancer, and other assorted health problems. And what Consumer Reports found is that over 35% what they tested went far beyond the safety threshold the Consumer Reports scientists and other health experts felt should be the maximum. Now, the problem is there's been a news blackout on PFAS chemicals. Most consumers have never heard of it. You may have heard about, okay, throw out your Teflon utensils because it flakes off and it's, it was linked loosely to cancer, but you haven't heard much in like 30 years probably. Um, they talk about this case, this man named Hung, Ong, uh, this man lives in Florida, he's used home water filters, you know, to basically remove lead from his water. He's 69 years old, but he didn't know anything about PFAS. And when his water was tested, because he was part of the investigation, um, they found high levels of those chemicals in his water. There were other problems. Um, you know, in response to these findings, EPA spokesperson Andrea Drinkard uh, claimed that 93% of the population um, that receives, that basically receives their water from community water systems receives water that, quote, meets, quote, all health-based standards all the, of the time, end quote. I find that really disingenuous, but that's what Ms. Drinkard said. Now, keep in mind, this particular piece was published yesterday in The Guardian, okay? But that's what Ms. Uh, Drinkard had to say. Uh, the agency, she also claimed the agency at EPA has set standards for over 90 contaminants and that that would include arsenic and lead, but it does not include PFAS. So the question in my mind is, if, Ms. Drinkard, if you're the EPA spokesperson right now and you're claiming that the, that the EPA has set standards for over 90 contaminants, including arsenic and lead, but you don't test for PFAS, I want to know why. What is it about PFAS that, you're, that is being not only not looked at, but also, you know, who are you protecting? Okay. So America's water crisis, it's widespread, but the most egregious dangers affect lower income communities and communities of color once again. And again, here we see it, environmental racism creeping up once again, no shock there. So our water crisis uh, does affect those communities more, and that was according to an analysis done by, conducted by The Guardian, and they reported on it in February um, just past February, and that's the story I'm going to talk about after this one. And it was an, anal an analysis of more than 140,000 public water systems. 
And again, we're going to talk about that study later in the broadcast. You have to remember, access to clean drinking water in any country, but especially here in the U.S., is unequal. We don't all have the same safe access at all. And yet, water is a human right. But it's clear that the EPA has been so hobbled and so handicapped, they either can't or won't protect us. Now, we also see that water systems, again, that that are in areas that service poor rural communities, they're more likely also to have violations than those that provide water in wealthy communities or even in urban settings. Water systems in counties with large Latino populations had more of those particular violations as reported by the Guardian. Now, PSAS, let's talk about the forever chemical problem, okay? Manufacturers use PFAS or PFAS to make the following. Stain resistant fabrics and carpets, water repellent clothing, nonstick cookware, which I've pitched all mine years ago, and hundreds of other just daily products. The problem is that these compounds seep into the water from an assortment of places, from factories, from landfills, and other places. And PFAS doesn't break down in the environment very well. That's why it's called the forever chemical, and that was as documented by Consumer Reports. Um, my question is, so why are we allowing these chemicals just to provide some convenience? All right, I, I don't need nonstick cookware that's going to do that. Seriously, if, that, if that's the price you pay. And I don't need water-repellent clothing. You know, I have a dryer. So, again, this is an instance where our culture of convenience has come back to bite us. And it's hurt a lot of communities of color and lower-income people. And we have no right to do that. But I'm, I don't want to get too far off the soapbox. I'm going to continue. So they investigated the health effects of PFAS exposure. And it's ongoing. But the strongest evidence about potential risk comes from research on some 69,000 people. And that was documented by c8sciencepanel.org. And that was around Parkersburg, Parkersburg West Virginia. Okay. Now, in Parkersburg, there was, a, there was a settlement, and part of the settlement was this study. And the settlement was between DuPont, you know, the DuPont Corporation, and the community affected, which, again, Parkersburg, West Virginia. And DuPont makes some of the PFAS that we have in our environment. And this particular community was depicted in a movie uh, that was that was released in 2019 called Dark Waters, and that was by Mark Ruffalo versus Big Business. The study found, again, 69,000 people, this is not a small study, found probable line between certain exposures to PFAS and six health issues, as well as a link to learning delays in children. Okay. The six health problems that, were, that they, they had a probable link to from PFAS are the following, high cholesterol, ulcerative colitis, thyroid disease, pregnancy-induced hypertension, and testicular and kidney cancers. Okay. PFAS is in our water nationwide. Okay, it just is. And there was a January analysis by the Environmental Working Group, which is an advocacy organization, and they said at least, at least uh, from 2,300 communities in 49 states have drinking water that is known to be contaminated with PFAS. 
Consumer Reports test uh, confirmed what they call the ubiquity of the chemicals. They found PFAS in 117 of 120 samples from, from locations across the U.S. Yet in spite of these risks, the EPA has not limited the presence of PFAS in our drinking water. I'd like to know why. Is it something to do with the fact that a large corporation like DuPont doesn't really want to be bothered with those legal technicalities? They just want to dump where they can and save a few pennies? I'm not saying they do. I'm just asking the question. But here's what makes it makes things more insulting. That insult to injury. Not only does the EPA not limit the presence of PFAS in our drinking water, um, they, they have no enforceable legal limit for it at all. But they did establish, but only, voluntary limits. But these voluntary limits apply to only two of the better studied forever chemicals, PFOA or perfluorooctanoate, I cannot pronounce it, and PFOS, all right? And it was 70 parts per trillion combined. And all that jargon gets very confusing. Here's where a Harvard environmental professor comes into, the, into this issue. So Harvard environmental health professor Philippe Grandjean has suggested that the, P, the limits for PFOA and PFOS, which are part of PFAS, uh, should be just one PPT, okay, per, um, let's see now, yeah, one PPT, no, per, okay, PPT is parts per trillion, okay? So Harvard environmental health professor Philippe Grandjean has said the limit for PFOA and PFOS, which is, these are two of the PFAS chemicals, should be just one, one part per trillion, and that's according to research he conducted and published in 2013 in the Environmental Health Journal Biomed Central, okay? And that 2013 research was ironically partially funded by the EPA, okay? Meanwhile, the EPA is saying we can have 70 parts per trillion combined. He's saying one part per trillion. So the EPA is allowing 70 more than we, than we should be around. And apparently, Dr. Grandjean's um, research also demonstrated that there was, there was what they call decreased vaccine response for children, I guess for any kind of vaccine, doesn't, it doesn't specify, that were exposed to the chemicals. So you have to wonder, once these kids get the COVID vaccine, will, will the presence of PFAS in their water in that community or any of these communities render COVID vaccine for children not as effective? We don't know. Okay, so then they found some actual water samples that had way over the limit. Okay, two samples uh, in the study had PFAS levels above the federal advisory level set by the EPA of 70 parts per trillion. The highest amount was 80.2 parts per trillion. And keep in mind that Dr. Grandjean said it should only be one part per trillion. And this is, you know, Harvard environmental health professor. And that super high amount, that 80.2 parts per trillion, that came from a sample from a 76-year-old retired electrical equipment salesman named Jim Vaughn. Um, it was collected at his, at his church in Pittsburgh, North Carolina. Now, there's a lot of communities like Pittsburgh, North Carolina, throughout the U.S. that are home 
to high-tech industries. And to use Mr. Um, Mr. Vaughn's words, they're used to getting, quote, dumped on. All right? He lives in a small community of 6,700 people. It's right uh, near the border of what they call North Carolina's Research Triangle. And that's and they call it Research Triangle because it's anchored by three universities. But there's a bunch of industry and high-tech businesses in that area, too. And Mr. Vaughn said that in his community, he says they're, quote, used to getting dumped on. It's that little feeling of helplessness. Is there something that the town will do about it or will be let it ride, end quote. Okay, again, industry dumping on them because they don't want to put forth any, any money to, to clean up the mess they made. There was a 2007 EPA study documented that Pittsburgh residents have reason to be worried. Okay, uh, that, e and that, that EPA study in 07 found PFAS contamination in what they call the Cape Fear River Basin, which is like their major source of drinking water for pretty much the eastern half of North Carolina. Some of the highest levels came from what they call the Haw River, H-A-W, and that's in the basin's north end. And that's where Pittsburgh gets their water. Research coming also out of Duke University documented PFAS problems. Okay. Uh, Duke University's research found that PFAS levels uh, in a study of 49 Pittsburgh residents' blood, they found that the levels of PFAS in their blood were two to four times higher than that of the general U.S. population. Okay. Uh, the project's lead investigator for Duke, named, a woman named Heather Stapleton, said Vaughn's test results pretty much are in sync with their team's findings. And she, what, she was quoted as saying, quote, if you think about the number of communities that could be impacted, it's close to a million people. I don't know if we're going to get to the second part of this tonight or not. I'm going to try. Uh, Chris Kennedy is the town manager for Pittsburgh. He said the town wasn't a source of PFAS. Um, but they were, quote, diligently working towards removing PFAS in our potable drink water supply, end quote. And he added the town is putting in filters in the water treatment plant that should remove at least 90% of PFAS by the end of 2021, and that they're taking steps to, quote, reduce contamination into the Haw River, which will provide the best results long-term, end quote. Unfortunately, there are communities in the U.S. who remain in the dark about PFAS, and subsequently don't even know to demand such filters. There's more. Just when you thought it couldn't get worse, it gets worse. There's proven poison in our water, arsenic. Uh, from 12,000, I'm sorry, 1,200 miles away from Pittsburgh, uh, they interviewed this couple, Sandy and Scott Phillips. They were in Texas, and they were basically thinking about the test results for their water samples. They went to downside, they built their, the house of their dreams, okay? And this is an affluent couple. But they also noticed after they moved in, and this was, they moved into a development called in Round Rock, which is some 20 miles north of Austin. But after they moved in, they noticed that their water had an un, what they call an unusual odor. Since when does water have an odor unless there's something wrong with it? Right? It's, water shouldn't smell. And so they spent thousands of dollars for water softeners and reverse osmosis water filtration system. But then they got the water tested as part of Consumer Reports project, and they took samples from the water before it was filtered. 
They not only found high PFAS readings, 32.8 parts per trillion, but they also found arsenic at 3.3 parts per billion, okay? So the general manager of their water district, their Jonah Water Special Utility District, his name is Bill Brown. And he said that the water supplier says it, quote, has complied with all federal and state minimum contaminant level standards for arsenic and lead for many years. That's nice. Doesn't protect them, obviously, but they complied. You know, the, the part about all this that really enrages me is when you hear not just people from corporate, but people in government as well that are supposed to be protecting us and, and are held, supposed to be held accountable. And they're saying, well, we, you know, we did, we complied with the standards that were established, but no sense of remorse, no sense of responsibility, nothing. That's my own take. Uh, Mr. Brown did not comment on the PFAS found in the Phillips water. Now, here's the thing. EPA did a compromise on arsenic that we didn't know about before, and it is woefully inadequate, according to environmental scientists. And the question remains, were any of these dissenting scientists invited to comment before this compromise was struck? I doubt it. So here's what happened. In the early 2000s, EPA was thinking about a, a limit for arsenic in drinking water to the level of three parts per billion. But then they settled on 10 parts per billion. And they made this compromise because they claimed that it would kind of create a balance between the overall cost for water systems operators, but it would also reduce health risks. Now, consumer report scientists have said the EPA should set a limit of three parts per billion or lower, not 10. And that was that three parts per billion is also consistent with what other health experts and environmental and environmental advocacy groups such as the National Resources Defense Council have demanded. Okay, again, uh, almost every sample to consumer reports tested had measurable levels of arsenic. Um, and again, what they found also was that previous tests from Consumer Report showed elevated levels of arsenic, not only in juices, you're, not, you're going to hate this, they saw, they saw elevated levels of arsenic in baby foods. Baby foods. And I, I'd be willing to bet, yeah, I'm posing as a question, but I'm will, I doubt, sincerely doubt if these, these scientists that are speaking out were invited by the EPA to discuss what the limits should be before the compromise was set. But I'd be willing to bet that lobbyists from industry were there as well as their corporate attorneys. So again, elevated levels of arsenic, among other things, in baby foods. That should make your blood boil. Okay. The research goes on to show that even low-level exposure to arsenic can pose health risks, okay, especially over a long term. There was a 2014 study, and it was in the Environmental Health 
journal, Biomed Central, and they found basically a link, linkage between water with arsenic of five parts per billion or greater that led to basically a five to six point IQ reduction in children. That doesn't sound like a lot unless it's your kid. But five to six points for somebody who's in, say, the average or normal range can be the difference between whether or not they're going to be able to get through school on average or whether they're going to be deficient. And again, this shouldn't be happening anyway. There are two states that lowered their arsenic limit to five parts per billion instead of the EPA's compromise of 10 parts per billion. Okay? And those two states are New Hampshire and New Jersey. And they went with warnings from studies. Now, the EPA has also set what it calls its, quote, maximum contaminant level goal. That's nice. And that's the level below which there is no known or expected risk to health, at zero for arsenic. Okay? So basically, no amount of arsenic is safe. There should be none. But they made a compromise of 10 parts per billion. And to the point where, as I said before, there was elevated levels of arsenic in baby food. I keep hitting that because I, I want you, I want the audience to understand how utterly morally bankrupt these corporate people are and how, how callously, cravenly, and cowardly our government is. They're either cowardly or complicit. And this has to change. The next contaminant, lead. There is no safe amount of lead. Okay? But with Phillips's in Texas, with their dream home, they put in the filtration system because their unfiltered tap test also showed high levels not only of arsenic but of lead. Okay? There is no safe level of lead, period. Never is, never was, never will be. Lead poses multiple risks, okay? And we've seen the problem. There, there's no safe exposure. We've seen what happened in Flint, Michigan. Um, you know, again, how does lead get into your water? Well, a big part of it is that there are service lines that deliver water that are still made from lead. They're older service lines, and the water district probably either didn't have the money to replace them or didn't want to. Again, this goes back to infrastructure problems as well. And why is our infrastructure so lacking? Because the rich haven't paid their fair share in taxes for over 40 years, period. So, you know, once again, lead gets in our drinking water through lead pipes, period. All right? Then um, there are some people who think, well, if they drink bottled water, that's safe, right? No, not necessarily. But you have, uh, let's see now, Ram, uh, Ramon Esponda, who's New Britain's Deputy Director of Public Works. Um, and this is, let's see now, which state is this? Anyway, the city of New Britain, according to Mr. Esponda, again, complies with the EPA's lead regulations. And they based, based it on 2020 tests 
which found the average lead level to be two parts per billion. And Esponda tried to attribute that single sample that could be thrown off because you have new fixtures, recent plumbing work, and other things. Um, you have to realize we need to replace these lead pipes, these, these leads, these service lines that are still made from lead. Those are the pipes that connect basically the water main in your area to various individual buildings, okay? Now, lead service lines, in, in, putting in new service lines made of lead, that was banned in 1986. But a lot of these older areas, low-income areas, those pipes have not been replaced. All right. Uh, there's about an estimated three to six million homes and businesses in the U.S. that still get water through older lines containing lead. That's based on EPA estimates. Uh, there's also older homes that have plumbing fixtures made of lead. All right. And again, the dangers of lead causes all sorts of learning problems, mental retardation you name it, all right? And lead is not one of those contaminants that you can really do much about, all right? So here's part of the problem, too. And this came from um, the National Resources Defense Council, Eric Olson, who's the Senior Strategic Director of Health and Food at the NRDC, looked at the Newberg's results and um, he pointed out several problems with the manner in which the EPA regulates lead. And one of the problems is that water systems pretty much are only tested for lead once every three years. Furthermore, larger water systems uh, request waivers. So they don't even have to test every three years. They can get by with testing every nine years for lead. Right, and the sample sizes are small. Now, Another question, why are these water systems, some have been privatized, being allowed testing waivers delaying necessary data to almost, what, once an entire decade? Why are they receiving a waiver at all? Why aren't we testing every year? But according to Olson, there's just not much oversight. Again, the EPA has been hobbled and handicapped to the point that it is basically impotent. And that's the way corporate likes it. During the Trump administration, you know, we know that the Trump administration's EPA threw out all sorts of environmental regulations. Um, but in the last days of the Trump administration, they, their, his EPA did finalize some changes to lead regulation, and that would require testing in elementary schools, as well as put bringing in new rules. Um, you know, regarding the steps water systems have to take when lead is detected. So, all right, I'll give credit where credit's due. I despise Mr. Trump, but that's not the point. If they did this, they did this. Fair is fair. But the NRDC, National Resource Defense Council, the NAACP, with some other groups, recently sued the EPA because they said the steps didn't go far enough, and they are demanding the Biden administration improve on them. And they're right. Okay, I taught for 30 years in an impoverished school district. And when the city was still doing lead testing, the children that were the most impaired were in the zip codes with the highest levels of lead poisoning and lead contaminants present, period. 
those children started out perfectly normal and then they were damaged by lead. Because along the line, government and, and, and business did not want to put pay for infrastructure to replace those lines. And if I were a parent, I'd be mad as hell because they, they damaged your baby. There's no other way to put it. So are there some solutions? Yeah. Um, basically, what they're really saying, first of all, is that consumers shouldn't have to be the ones to fix the problem because they're not the ones to cause the problem in the first place. According to Brian Ronholm, who's Consumer Reports Director of Food Policy, quote, Americans shouldn't have to navigate bureaucracy and be forced to make significant investments in order to access clean tap water, end quote. And he's right. Now, here's something that did happen. Just this past year, legislation was passed in the U.S. House of Representatives, and this legislation would have authorized and released $22.5 billion dollars to get this, quote, replace lead service lines across the U.S., end quote. And that was according to the NRDC. So what happened to the bill? Can you guess? I can hear it now. Yes, it died in the Senate. Another reason to rid ourselves of the anti-democracy filibuster. It died in the Senate. So the NRDC is demanding the Biden administration, Congress, bring back some legislation that requires not just expeditions, I'm going to say immediate removal and replacement of lead lines. Okay? Nobody should have their babies poisoned because they don't live in a wealthy enclave. Congress is also looking at PFAS finally. Um, the Biden administration, um, you know, was presented with some urging from a congressional task force to, again, take immediate steps regarding PFAS contamination and to direct the EPA to phase out any uses for the chemicals deemed, quote, non-essential, as well as to, quote, finalize the standard for PFOA and PFOS and to accelerate cleanup, end quote. And Democratic Congresswoman Debbie Dingell, who was a member of the task force, um, she saw CR's test and the findings, and she said that Consumer Reports tests show that, quote, we do not ha have any time to waste as we battle these toxic chemicals, end quote. She's right. And she again issued her call for PFAS to be banned and designated as hazardous because it is. Now, there was some different methodology. I'm not going to really get into this too much because we're going to run out of time. Um, but again, this story was in conjunction with The Guardian. And it's uh, basically part of a series they call Toxic America Series. Uh, reporting in North Carolina was supported by the Water Foundation. If you want some federal action on clean water, go to capitalcr.org backslash PFAS petition. Consumer Reports, they have basically said they have no financial relationship with an advertiser on the Guardian site. The article was updated on March 31st, just yesterday, to include those cap water test results in New Britain. And uh, so now we're going to move on. All right. So we said earlier on in this report that some of the worst water poisoning 
happens in communities of color and low-income communities, and it's true. And once again, the Guardian newspaper uh, published a st- published a, an article uh, a few months ago, February 26, 2021. Um, and just so I'm being really upfront about this, um, the article I just quoted, um, you know, that I've been talking about was written by Ryan Felton and Lisa Gill of Consumer Reports, and Lewis Kendall for The Guardian. Sorry about that. I have to acknowledge everybody. And this next piece about how this affects communities of color and low-income communities, especially Latino communities, this was in The Guardian as well um, a little over a month ago, and it was written by Emily Holden, Katie Enders, Nico Comenda, and Vivian Ho. And it's also supported by the Water Foundation. And so the Guardian investigations was back in February, and and the Guardian printed this, and this is really speaking to how environmental racism hits Latinos with regard to drinking water. Uh, They they saw that more than 25 million drink from the worst water systems in the U.S., and Latinos are the most exposed. And this investigation showed the systems in Latino areas a lot of them violate federal drinking water rules, in fact, twice doubly so than the rest of the U.S. And no surprise here, Texas has the most high violation system. I hope the Texas governor can hear us. But millions of people in the U.S. were drinking water that has failed to meet federal health standards and it includes violating limits for dangerous contaminants, as I said before. Latinos are disproportionately exposed, end quote. Um, America's worst public systems. Um, they did a six-month investigation of five years of, EP, of EPA and other EPA um, action studies and so on. And what they found with the data, and I'm just going to read straight from it, quote, Quote, access to drinking water is highly unequal in the U.S. based on race, income, and geography. Poorer counties have more than twice as many violation points as wealthy ones. Some water systems report hundreds of violation points year after year without any action from the government and without being required to notify customers. And rural counties have 28% more violation points than metropolitan ones, end quote. Now, there's a few things I want to say about this. First of all, rural counties. You're talking agribusiness, okay? Agribusiness produces a lot of water pollution. The thing that I find really damning with all these violation points that I just read off, they are not required to notify customers that they are drinking water that is poisonous, period, okay? And many scientists and Government officials that served in former administrations have said that the water regulation system in the United States is broken. Okay? Uh, Cynthia Giles, who's the former head of enforcement at EPA on, during the Obama administration, uh, was quoted as saying, quote, most policymakers believe compliance with environmental rules is high, but that that belief was wrong, end quote. And she's right. It is not high at all. Um, Latinos are most at risk because more often than not, 
a lot of farm workers are Latino and they live near um, industrial farms, agribusiness. The local water is polluted with nitrates that are basically produced by runoff from fertilizers and manure. Okay. And as a result, uh, the research also found Latinos really don't trust tap water and, you know, apparently with good reason. Uh, Paloma Beamer is a public health researcher at the University of Arizona, and Paloma found that many Latino residents, for instance, in Nogales, Arizona, um, believed that drinking tap water was literally as unsafe as imbibing, drinking alcohol, and driving, drinking and driving. And they thought that it was also more dangerous than smoking to their health. So a lot of these people, a lot of these farm workers, they use bottled water, but here's the thing about bottled water. It isn't subjected to the same testing requirements or regulations so that the bottled water could be theoretically as risky or worse than tap water, according to what Paloma Beamer said. And Beamer was quoted as saying, quote, there needs to be more transparency explaining how the water is tested and what standards it's held to and how they can rely on it to be a safe drinking water source. It's important for people to understand in their community what the primary violations are for and what their alternative water sources are, end quote. So nitrates are part of it. Uh, findings across the U.S., again, we're going to probably get to this in another report because we're starting to run out of time, and I want to do this, this particular uh, issue justice. What we're finding is that there's a lot of... Um, I'll call water insecurity in the United States. You would think that the U.S. is a third world nation. You would think we were in India where they boil the water. But then again, how many places, including here in St. Louis County, have frequent boil orders because something went wrong? The fact is we have water insecurity in this nation. And that is shameful. There is no excuse for this. And we have not held industry accountable for what they dump into our water. You need to recall that it was Dick Cheney during the George W. Bush administration that was fighting and since then has basically been working to reduce the Clean Water Act to nothing. Okay? Mining interest, again, fracking. Lord knows what's in the fracking fluid because, again, they claim it's proprietary. But all this stuff leaches into our water. Part of the reason they get away that, that these crimes are allowed to occur is because far too many Americans do not understand where the water comes from. They think if they live near a river, well, the river supplies their water. Maybe. But there's a lot of places where water is supplied by an aquifer, which is underground water, um, water supply. And here in the Midwest, we have a huge, uh, especially under Iowa, a huge aquifer called the Ogallala. And a lot of these uh, fracking pipelines, I remember with the Keystone, when I wrote about that, one of the problems was they wanted to place that pipeline underneath the ground. And there are places where the Ogallala, Excuse me. There are places, for instance, in Iowa where the Ogallala Aquifer is so close to the surface ground that, yes, if there was a single leak, 
and the fracking fluid and the tar sands, which is really bituminous coal, if that gets into that drinking water supply, yes, it is permanently contaminated because tar sands, we call tar sands oil, is far more, um, far more, far more serious a contaminant than regular oil. So, you know, once again, you know, we have this issue, and because Americans really do not understand anymore where the water comes from, when they hear about mining companies, oh, it's underground. What's not? There's no water underground. Yes, there is. They don't understand, and so because of ignorance, a lot of industry, especially mining interests, get away with it. Um, and again, you know, we have stuff, for instance, nitrates come from the use the excessive use of fertilizer, it leaches into the groundwater in agricultural areas. Exposure to nitrates it causes a lot of problems, whether it's nausea and headaches in adults, it also results in what's called blue baby syndrome in infants, which can be a potentially fatal condition because the blue baby, basically what happens is the blood, the blood in the baby's body doesn't carry enough oxygen and the baby dies. Um, and again, it disproportionately affects Latinos. Um, you know, again, there was, in fact, nitrates are such a big issue, including in some areas in California, like East Orosi, which is an unincorporated community. Um, children grow up learning not to open their eyes or mouths when they shower. That's like being in India, all right? I, I went to India in 98, and I got sick because I made a mistake. I had my mouth open during the shower, and I got sick afterwards. Once again, nobody should have to do that. Um, we have a right to have safe drinking water, and we have a right to know what the EPA is doing about it. Um, national public health campaigners are concerned about nitrates in drinking water. Um, Ann Schechinger, who's a senior economic analyst with the Environmental Working Group, authored a paper, a report on nitrates, quote, we're just seeing so many new studies Studies that show lower and lower levels of nitrate can be dangerous. They, they can increase the risk of cancer if you have low level exposure over many years. It really makes you wonder if the EPA is keeping us safe with a lot of their maximum contaminant limits they've established, end quote. Um, to that comment, an EPA spokesperson said, and again, this person wasn't identified, quote, ensuring that all Americans have access to safe drinking water including in communities of color and low-income communities, is a priority. While over 92% of Americans receive drinking water that meets all health-based standards all of the time, EPA is continuing to work with its partners to close remaining gaps, end quote. You know, to me, honest spokespeople give their name and their position. And that, that was just a lot of double talk, all right? The fact is, no, our water is not safe. Um, in California, some 5.25 million people in majority Latino communities, they're forced to drink water that exceeds federal nitrate levels. And that was according to Shecker's report for the Environmental Working Group. Um, Biden administration's promise to make environmental justice a priority. Um, we're hoping that it happens. The fact is there's more contaminants to worry about too. You know. And when you compare the water systems in the United States to developing nations like in South America or parts of Africa or India, no, Americans largely don't worry about biological contaminants. 
that are in developing nations that cause malaria and things like that. However, Americans are more likely, quote, to be exposed to much quieter threats, end quote, and the quieter threats uh, were listed as heavy metals, radiation, and chemicals. Okay. Again, people are being exposed. There are dangerous pollutants in our water systems across the country, not just the nitrates from farm runoff, but also radioactive mining substances in states such as West Virginia. I, I hope that um, the senators from West Virginia are listening. Okay, Joe Manchin in particular. And the health effects of being exposed to, for instance, radioactive mining substances um, are huge. We're talking about being exposed in those mining substances that run off. We're talking about arsenic, chlorine, radionuclides that are all, that all coincide with higher levels of cancer. The weed killer atrazine is linked to hormone disruption in women and premature birth and lower IQ levels in children. Communities with major drinking water challenges, according to the Guardian, showed well, here's one. Joe Manchin should listen. Coal Mountain, West Virginia. About 118 people topped the list in the Guardian's analysis. Its water system has the most violation points in the country, 595 points over five years. Joe Manchin, can you hear us? Don't mean to yell, but somebody's got to get through that knothead. They've also, the Guardian analysis also detected, quote, high levels of radionuclides, disinfection byproducts, arsenic, lead and copper, nitrate, and coliform, end quote. And the, the, the average household in that area, Coal Mountain, West Virginia, their income is 35000 That's half the U.S. median household income. And the community seen more mountaintop for removal coal mining. Okay. So, again, we have problems, Houston. There's more. We can't get through it all. One of the big problems with the data analysis of U.S. public water system, the broken reporting system, period. Um, there were reviews under the Obama administration, and what they found under the Obama administration is that, quote, states are not telling the EPA about violations. Okay. First of all, why isn't the EPA going and just investigating on their own? One, they don't have the budget, I'm sure. Secondly, why aren't those governors of those states being criminally charged for withholding that information? They shouldn't be allowed to say, oh, we didn't think to tell you. And that includes violations from lead and copper pipes. 92% uh, aren't reported by states to the federal government, and that was according to the most recent EPA audit that was conducted in 08. Okay. The EPA has discontinued annual audits of state files because of budget cuts. The current reporting system is a mess, and that was the way it was classified by water researcher Dr. Uthmanu Lal, who is the chair of the Department of Earth and Environmental Engineering at Columbia University and director of the Columbia Water Center. Lal's research says that there's about 38% underreporting of these drinking water violations, and that's just on average. Lal said most water systems, they only test what they say, quote, at the plant, not at the point of use, end quote. 
meaning they can miss major problems such as contamination from lead pipes. Um, law doesn't, Dr. Law doesn't blame the people running those systems. Um, the systems, he says, are cash-strapped. Um, but again, they're probably cash-strapped because the rich don't pay their fair share of taxes, so they cut corners. All right? This just goes on and on and on. Look, there is more going on. We're running out of time. But I wanted you to, this, this main story just broke. And, you know, once again, as Americans, we love, we love our mythology. We love to tell ourselves that we are in the best nation in the world, the richest, the most advanced. But it's not true. Okay? And we can't fix things if we refuse to consider the problems, if we refuse to look at the truth, at the truth. And if we keep turning a blind eye and a deaf ear to these, what are corporate crimes, with the EPA being hobbled and severe underreporting, our governmental systems failing us, major malfeasance in my opinion, then any little bit we do is just nothing more than putting a Band-Aid on a cancer. And that's all we're doing. We have to have vigorous regulation with not only civil penalties, but criminal penalties for those corporate CEOs and those politicians, period, and mandatory jail time. Because I, I don't see how you can't call it a crime when there are levels of arsenic in baby food. And that's my report for tonight. Come hear us next week at the Environmental Justice Report with me, Janine Moloff. Good night and God bless.